Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. I've been battling allergies for years now. Let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available release sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus. Stay chill or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. What's up, gang? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. I'm your host, Darius Mershazdeh. I'm so pumped to have you here with me. Now, listen, The Greatness Machine, we're about two things. Number one, people who are living their passions. And number two, those who are creating greatness in the world and doing both of these things despite the odds against them. Each episode, we're going to feature interviews with game changers, business leaders, you know, telling us their origin stories, what made them tick, what got them to where they are now. Why? So it can help you step into your greatness within your life, your business, and your career. Occasionally, you might hear a few solo episodes from myself, moi, as I say, as I leverage my 20 years of entrepreneurship as a CEO and founder to help you grow and level up in your journey to scale your life and your business. So, Come be a fly on the wall, enjoy the conversation, and I'm stoked to have you here with me. What's up, everybody? Welcome to The Greatness Machine. This is our new solo episode for the week. And man, it's been a minute before since I've done a solo, so I'm happy to do one again. Today, I'm going to do a very special solo. This is the story of how I wrote my book. The, uh, the core value equation. And let me see if I grab it here. I'm going to grab it. Ah, there it is. Oh, got it. <laughs> like I'm, I'm publishing. I'm doing my, my episode. But here it is. If you're watching the video, this is my book. It's number one bestseller, Amazon bestseller. And uh, it's coming on two years. I, I published the book September 15th, 2020. But but the story behind publishing the book is actually a better one. Um, and this is, you know, if you've ever thought about writing a book, and which sound, probably feels and sounds like a daunting task. I'm going to tell you right now, it was one of the coolest and one of the um, most interesting projects I've ever worked on. And I, I could tell you, anyone can do this. Anyone can write and publish a book. Um, and and I'm going to kind of give you the cheat sheet and and the learnings I had that helped me make it a, a reality. Because I had always, I had it on my bucket list. I found an old bucket list of mine from 2010. And on the bucket list was write and publish a book, a best-selling book, which which I've now checked off that bucket list. And I will tell you right now that it was, again, it was one of the coolest experiences I've ever had. But I want to back up. I want to tell you the full story because the whole story is, is an interesting story in of itself. So people that know me well, or if you've been listening to the show for a while, then you'll, you'll know that I am what I call myself to be as a core value evangelist. I uh, got very interested in how do you build a core value-driven organization as a CEO and as an executive, obsessed about it, tinkered with it, exp experimented with it, and then, and then really figured out my system on how I did that. And I became really like a go-to for all the, 
uh, a lot of the entrepreneurs and CEOs that I knew in my network, which is a lot of them at this point in my life and, and over the last, you know, 15, 20 years. And I was always, people were always coming up to me and asking me, you know, how did, how do you build core value driven organization? And, 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 or what do you do when this happens and how do you make your core values come to life? And I kept getting tons of questions about it. So over time, I, I felt like I built myself into an authority on this, on the subject of how do you take core values and, and really turn them into something that becomes alive and well in your organization uh, as a, any, anything from an executive to a business owner. Um, how do you do that? And, um, I, I probably this is about seven or eight years ago. I was mentoring a group in entrepreneurs organization. They have a group called Accelerator, which is for smaller businesses under a million in revenue. And I was I had been uh, signed up to be a mentor in in this program, and I was mentoring a group of, of, of a few different entrepreneurs. I think there were seven or eight entrepreneurs in my group. And I, and, and <laughs> uh, Bill Gallagher, who who's been a, a guest on the show, he uh, he he basically. Uh, bullied me into doing it. Bill, if you're listening to this, you, you know the story. Bullied me into uh, not backing out at the 11th hour at the last minute because I just launched TMS at that point. I just launched my business at TMS and I was overwhelmed and here I was agreeing to be a mentor. But fast forward to about eight months into it, I kind of took their playbook, threw it out the window, said, hey, I'm going to teach these entrepreneurs core values. Well, a few months after that, they did an event where they asked me to come speak at it. And so I came and I, I spoke and I met this guy by the name of Dr. Dave Majeroni, who ran orthodontics uh, practice in Northern California. And he asked me if I would help him build his core values. So I, I initially I told him no, but he's a very likable person. And I agreed in the end to do it. And so I helped him. We became friends. Well, fast forward to 2018. So this is about four years later. And he said, Hey man, I'm doing this ortho. I'm, I'm keen, you know, I'm, I'm organizing this, this huge orthodontist conference in Dallas, Texas. Would you come be the keynote? And I said, no, man, you know, I'm busy. I'm traveling. I, I think at that point I was, I was elk hunting with my friends and I'm not a huge hunter. It was the first time I'd done that up in Montana. And, but I agreed to do it because I, I love David and I, and I wanted to help him out. So I said, listen, I'll do it, but I, I don't want to do a keynote. I want to do a fireside chat. You got to interview me. And he's and like, I said, he's a very likable person. So very like charismatic guy. Um, and so uh, I flew into Dallas uh, group about 500 orthodontists in the audience had a great talk. Just, it was very like natural. It wasn't like the, something where you're staring at the screen, but it was a very insightful, great conversation about how do you build a core value driven uh, business? Well, this is uh, October, 2018. And at the end of the talk, um, I'll get off stage and I had this line of people coming up to me to, to, to thank me and, and talk to me about my talk. And First person comes up, oh, Darius, I love your talk. Is there like a book I can read that will teach me how to do this? Or is there like a class I can take? No, you know, I'm sorry. You know, I really just taught myself how to do this. Now, mind you, in the back of my mind, you know, rewind back to 2010, I'd wanted to build, <laughs> write a book. So I, I kind of had wanted to write this core value book, but I, but I just didn't, you know, I hadn't committed to it. Next person, oh, I love your talk. Hey, is there like a book I can read or a class I can take? No, I'm sorry. You know, you know, this is just my own stuff, but you know, maybe one day. Six people down, six person asked me in a row, is there a book I can read or a class I can take? Finally, I said, yeah, it's coming out in, in June. <laughs> so at that moment, this is October of 2018, I had committed to writing a book. At least I had said it out loud for the first time. And many of you may have had that moment in your life where you're like, man, I, there's this book I want to write. And I tell you, everyone has a book in them. 
and you could say, oh, that book's already been written or this thing I'm, I know other people know. But I will tell you this, this is something that, you know, there hadn't been a great book on how do you build a core value driven organization. So that was easy for me. But I will say this. No one has said it the way you're going to say it. There's, I don't know what the number is, a huge number, 5,000 self-published books a day, I think, that come out. It's a huge number that literally it's their launch day every day. It's like millions and millions of books come out per year. So everything's been written about everything, but nothing has been written the way you're going to say it. And I had, I didn't know that before I got, went to the process. I never thought about it like that, that no one's going to say it the way you're going to say it because you're, you're a unique perspective and you're a unique person. So if you have a book in your head that you want to write, just know that even if a book's been written, it's never been written in your voice with your thoughts and your personality and your, your authority, the way you think about it. So, um, Move forward about two months and my business was, we, we went through this huge uh, sale of one of our divisions of our companies and it was a very traumatic thing that was happening over Christmas 2018. And I'm sucked into this process because I'm it's either I'm going to sell this business or I got to lay off 400 people and it was freaking me out. So to take a break from this process, because I'm literally on the phone hour by hour trying to figure this sale out, I, I decided to dictate my book. So I, I literally like turn on my phone, like the recorder in my iPhone and, and I'm like chapter one, you know, and I just go through and I, and, and I do about, I think it's like 14, 13 hours, 14 hours of chapters. And over like a two week period, I dictate my book. So now I was like, oh my God, man, you know, that was a pretty stressful moment in my life, but I, I actually got my the book out of my head. I just like recorded it on my phone. I just talked it out. I had a friend of mine who, Jeff Shocks, who also is a former guest on the show. And Jeff had told me that's how he wrote his first book. So I literally, I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that's what he did. And I said, well, hell, I'll do it. If he did it, I can do it. Um, and so I did that. And and I reached out to a friend of mine, John Rowland, uh, who was Coming up, he's going to be a guest on the show uh, gift of Giftology fame. So many of you might know John, John Rulin, uh, R-U-H-L-I-N. If you don't know him, check out his Giftology stuff. He's going to be coming on the show in a couple of weeks. But he had a monumental book about how do you you know give gifts uh, as a form of, of building your business. And so I said, you know, I'm going to reach out to John. He's a friend of mine. See if he can point me in the right direction on like, what he would do or who he, who I can maybe have help me write my book. Cause I knew that there's these different companies out there that do like publishing and, and I had done some research at this point. I, I started reaching out to people that help you put together your man's manuscript and you go shop your manuscript to different publishers, because I'll tell you what, out of the gates, when you start thinking about writing a book, you're probably like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Do I have to go find a book publisher? Do I need an agent? Do I want to self-publish? Do I want to, you know, I found out there's a thing called hybrid publishing. What do I do? It's a confusing world. Well, I didn't know what to do. So I just called someone that I knew who published their book. And he said, hey, you should talk to, you know, I did my, his, he did his book through a company called Scribe uh, with, and, and Tucker Max, who was the, one of the owners of Scribe of Tucker Max fame. He said, you should talk to Tucker. And he's in Austin, Darius, just like you. Why don't you, I'll, I'll hook you up with him. So I, so he hooks me up with Tucker and, and Tucker and I end up start talking and we end up scheduling to meet. And I have, and so we go and we grab a coffee in downtown Austin. This is January of 2019. And we have this great conversation. He says, and Tucker, Tucker asked me a really important question that, that you should ask yourself if you're thinking about writing a book. Darius, why do you want to write the book? Uh, and, and my answer was pretty straightforward. At this point, I was CEO of my company. I had been helping entrepreneurs for many years with their with their 
building core value companies, doing it just, you know, as a thing that I did for my friends who were entrepreneurs. It was not, not nothing like what I'm doing now where I, where I formally help them, you know, through scale map or through, uh, you know, consulting at that point, it was just something I was just doing for fun. And, um, and so he, he asked me a question. I said, it's legacy, man. I just want to get the book out of my head. It's, you know, and I, I want it to be there so that my kids know that this is something that, you know, I did. It, it's a legacy item. And he said, okay, well, good. He said, because there's, there's multiple different reasons for writing a book. And a lot of people, I think, and, and even myself to a certain degree, when I start first started thinking about writing a book, I was like, well, I want to write a book because I want to have a New York Times bestseller. Which when you start to look into the details of this, I, I think Scribe Tucker himself wrote an article on it, which is, you know, you have to be a hardback book. It's totally gamified unless you're famous. It's based off of hardback sales only. You have to have a formal publisher. You cannot self-publish to do it. So a lot of these people, they'll, they'll, you know, they use these book aggregators to buy books from them. I mean, it's a whole racket, right? So, so yes, a certain percentage of them are legitimate, but there's tons of people that just, they spend 250,000 bucks and, and let's put it this way. Any one of you are listening, if you want a New York times bestseller, you can do it. It costs 250,000 bucks. Um, uh, in fact, you can have an Amazon or excuse me, a wall street journal bestseller and it costs, I think 50 grand and there's services out there that'll help you do it. Um, so don't get too enamored by that title. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. In the world of successful partnerships, names like Procter & Gamble, Ben & Jerry, and supply and demand echo through business history. But when it comes to growing your business, who are the perfect partners? That's you and Shopify. <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. We're talking from launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the, did we hit a million-dollar order stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling shipping supplies or promoting productivity programs, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Picture this, a time when my business was facing a tough hurdle and I wasn't sure how to break through, but then came the breakthrough moment, a game changer that took my business to the next level. You know, what I absolutely adore about Shopify is its unparalleled ability to adapt and grow with your ambitions. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the US and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's and Brooklyn and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 75 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash Darius, all lowercase. That's D-A-R-I-U-S. Go to shopify.com slash Darius now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Darius. Shout out to Clarity for supporting this episode and providing us with the samples. Hey there, friends. It's Darius Mishazda here, and I have a little confession to make. You see, I've been battling allergies for years now. And let me tell you, they've been a real ordeal in my life. Allergies have been my constant companion. They stop me from fully enjoying the little things in life, from canceling plans with friends because of sudden allergy attack to missing out on an outdoor activity because of the sneezing fits. Allergies have been a real nuisance. Luckily, for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing and a runny nose, itchy watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. 
I've been a Claritin D user for many, many years now. And let me tell you, it's made a world of difference. Since I started using Claritin D, my symptoms have improved dramatically. Now I can breathe easier, enjoy outdoor activities without worrying about sneezing fits and truly live my life without being held back by allergies. Ready to live as if you don't have allergies, it's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter now. You don't even need a prescription. Go to ClaritinD.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear, uses directed. So he said, look, man, it, it, unless you're like doing it for fame and glory, like, it, you know, the, there's there's not a lot of reasons to use a traditional publisher. And nowadays the game has changed. And even if you have a traditional publisher, they're going to expect you to promote your own book. So do you have a huge audience? At that point, I didn't. So I said, no. He said, well, so if you're only doing it for legacy, then you should own your book. And hybrid publishing is a really cool way to get there. And that's something that that, that they do at Scribe. There's a company called Greenleaf that does it. Forbes Publishing does it. There's, you could Google hybrid publishing and, and you'll see a bunch of these different publishers that do that. What hybrid publishing means is they do the same things that a large publisher might do, but they you own your book and you pay them for the services of doing it. And so I thought, it's, so for me, that made sense. Let's do hybrid publishing. Um, so look, the, the, I could do a whole episode on why, why to go through a traditional publisher versus a hybrid publisher. And that's not the reason for, for this. You can go do that research yourself. But that was the decision I made was I'm going to go probably do self-publishing or hybrid publishing. And, and so then Tucker asked me, he said, well, look, man, you know, how do you feel like, are you a person that, that would you want to use a ghostwriter? Or do you want to write your own book? And you can go either way. Um, and there's lots of services that do ghostwriting or versions of ghostwriting. Like I said, all those services I just mentioned, they all do it. Scribe has great, they, call, they used to be called Book in a Box, but they did Dave Goggin's book. They did, uh, uh, what's her name? Tiffany Haddish's book. They've done a ton of books. Uh, so I, I, and this is not an advertisement for Scribe. They're not paying for this episode, although I'm friends with them. Um, they do, they're, they're a good service. I recommend them to people when they ask. Um, and I said, look, man, I've been using ghostwriters in the past for like articles I've published uh, online. And I'm going to tell you, I'm kind of a stickler for my own words. So I really think there's two types of people out there. There's people that are sticklers. They like to write. They they want things to be written in a certain way. My number two strength is communication. So for me, it was like, yeah, writing my own book, like or or you, things being said in my own words matter to me. It pisses me off when people don't use the words I want to use. I I'll tell people all the time. They'll say something to me, and and then I'll I'll say, oh, you mean? And then I'll say it in my own words. And I'm like, yeah, that's what I just said. I'm like, yeah, but you didn't say it the way I said it. So I'm a person that's super particular about words. And, and I told Tucker that, and he said, listen, man, we have, you know, two different op options at our company. One is, um, guided author. And one is where we, you know, where they, they write it for you is it with the ghost, you work with the ghostwriter. He said, you know, I don't make more, I make less money off of what I'm about to tell you, but, but you should probably do our guided author, which is really like a coaching program. You write your own book, uh, you go through a workshop and then, and then you essentially, instead of working with a ghostwriter, you write your own book and then you go through their publishing process without that ghostwriter. And I think that service now costs like $18,000. Uh, it was less expensive in 2019. Um, or you can, you know, we can write your book for you and it's 40, 50 grand. And you would work with the writer together and, you know, it's your voice, but they're translating it for you. And um, and I said, yeah, look, man, I am such a stickler for writing. I want to write my own book. And, I, and that was one of my goals. Like I, I really did want to write my own book. So a lot of books out there, by the way, that you see that are these best-selling books, they, th those people didn't write their own books. They worked with a ghostwriter, professional writer who who sat down with them for, you know, 40 hours, 
and worked with them through the publishing process and wrote the book for them, um, with them, excuse me. And I have a lot of friends that have done that. It's a great way to do it, especially if you want to like, if time is, if you're less particular about exacting your voice and you, and time matters to you, but for that, you want to budget about 40 hours of your time, one week of work, which is nothing to write a book. If you want to go the other way, which is you write your own book, whole different story. <laughs> you know, uh, now you need to 10 X that you need to probably budget a couple hundred hours, you know, at least depending on how efficient you are. And so I decided to go down that road and I, and I, in February, uh, excuse me, in March of 2019, I did the scribe guided author program. Uh, they're here in Austin. So it was easy for me. Flew it. Uh, a lot of people flew in for it from all over the world. I sat down. There were some very, I don't want to name the names of their people. You would know if I named them very interesting people that wanted to write their own books. A lot of them are very popular and famous out there. Um, there's 20 of us in the group. Uh, and Tucker taught the class, and I believe he still does. And uh, we we sat down for three days, and the out the outcome of those I believe it was two or three days was we had we had an outline for the book, and they took us through a whole process: who's the avatar, who you're writing for, what do they look like, what do they care about. Um, but we ended up I, I left that with an outline for my book. Now rewind back a moment ago. I told you that. I had already recorded all my, my episodes of the book or all my chapters of the book over that the December of, of 2018 when my company was selling one of our, our retail division and I was stressing out and taking breaks by doing this, by dictating these chapters of my book. So I go to Tucker, I go, hey man, can I use the chapters that I've already dictated? He said, no, take those and throw them in the trash. <laughs> and he was right. Uh, I had no process. I had no outline. I just kind of did it uh, off on the fly. Um, and I, you know, it was better than nothing, but, and, and what it did do is it did help me formulate what my thoughts a little bit, but I, but it was far from an outline. So I left the scribe guided author with an outline and it was really like, Hey, I'm going to write eight chapters and here's what each chapter is. And here's, you know, bullet points on what we're going to be talking about in the chapter. And I took that outline and I went and did the same thing I did in December. I dictated the chapter again, but I did it now with an outline in front of me. And, um, and, and I did it, I started it, uh, I think it was like around the, the first of April and by the eighth, it took me a week, seven, eight days. And I dictated the chapter. I then took that and I went to rev.com and translated that into dictated it into, you know, written words, what I said. Now, one thing you realize, especially if you like listening to podcasts is if you took my podcast right now and you had it dictated on like a rev.com service or something where they type up everything I'm saying and you read it it would be very two dimensional. And what you start to learn is that when you talk or when you listen to me talk, there's lots of, there's, there's tone in my voice and there's commas. There's, there's a lot of, of unspoken things I do that are not necessarily, if you just translate it word for word, that, that give you emotion. You lose that when you dictate and translate that into script, a script, right? You describe it. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Window. 
Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta. Tomorrow, you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. So what I realized was I had these kind of outlines that I talked through, but I had to then go and I had to retranslate that into a book. And it was, and, and the way they do it at Scribe, which is really cool, is they tell you write 250 words a day. That's what you commit to. Every day, rain or shine, 250 words. You get up, you knock it out, do it at night. You find a time when, it, when it's consistent, but you're consistent about it. And you do it chapter by chapter. And there's a cool thing they do in writing the book that, that again, if you're thinking about writing the book, these were things that I thought were really interesting, which was, I think a lot of times when, when people want, want to write a book, they think that you're looking at a finished copy of a book you've read. You're thinking, I want to do that. And, and, and what they call it in, in writing is, is the first draft of your book is so heinous and disgusting that unless you're like, they say every book comes out this way. If you read the first draft of every book, it would blow your mind on how bad they are. And, and I think you could even go out there and look this up. You can go and look up first, the first draft of the famous books and scripts and you read them and then you read the final and it's like, there's there's some similarity, but they are very, very different, which really opened my eyes up to the power of editing. How powerful editing is in creating and shaping and fine tuning and beautifying uh, the written word into what comes out to be that finished book product. The process they took us to through inscribe was really this. They called the first draft. You just want to do your 250 words and you get through that first draft. And the name that they, that, that Tucker taught us, which I thought was amazing was called the vomit draft. And the reason they call it the vomit draft is because they say no one looks pretty when they're throwing up, but you got to get it all out. Right. And so you get that vomit draft out. And for me, I will tell you this vomit and vomit. I did. I got my vomit draft, my first draft out in, I started it, uh, excuse me, April 8th. And I kid you not, my vomit draft was done June 25th. I rocked that thing in like 10 weeks and it was 45,000 words, which for those of you that don't know what that means, that's probably like 200, 220 page book, a uh, normal book. So that's, that's a decent book. Um, and, and I knocked it out and I, and I was so proud of myself. But I will tell you, like it came out of me very quickly. Why? Because I, I do believe I, that I am and was an authority on, on the subject I was thinking about. I had this book in my head and you might too. But I, and I, and I didn't do 250 words. Some days were 250 words. Some days were 3,000 words. It came out of me. It poured out of me. That book came out of me quick. And I get stuck and I just said, and one of the key things that they taught in the book writing process that I thought was really cool was they're like, look, you do not need to edit while you write. Writing is a creative process. So, so that was another really key insight into writing the book that I, no one ever tells you this. Look, you've probably never asked someone who's written a book, how'd you write a book? So for any of you that are interested, you're, you're getting the inside scoop right now on how a book gets written, at least from following the process I followed and which I think is a pretty well-worn path. And so one of the things that Tucker taught us was he said, look, you don't edit while you write, man. The best people can do it, but 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 and, and just think about that. Editing is is not a creative process; it's an analytical process. Writing is a creative process, right? Left brain, right brain. So you can't bounce back and forth between the left and the right brain. When you do that, what you're doing is you're stopping the process. And and I thought that was a really interesting insight. And so what I did was I followed the process. And I will tell you this: I was a, I was very coachable, and I and I was a student of the game. I just did what they told me to do. So he said, don't edit while you write. So I just wrote. 
knocked out my vomit draft, got my vomit draft. And then they took us through an editing process. And it was an interesting editing process and probably people do it differently. But there was a couple of things that really stood out to me. Number one is they did the edit. They made some recommendations. And then you do a read through of their recommendations and you kind of make the changes that if you agree with them or, or not. Um, then I did my own read through and cleaned it up even more. And I found there was tons of stuff. First of all, when you write a book or if you write, you know, 45,000 words, 200 pages of a book, you start to see that uh, there was sometimes I would say stuff over and over again. There was paragraphs I wrote in chapter six. I already said in chapter three and vice versa. Uh, why? Because I, I wasn't paying attention to it and I was just getting, getting it out of my head. And so I would cut out whole pages. I'm like, oh, I already talked about that. You know, the other thing was, there was ways words I said or sentences I said that were like, as I read it over and over again, I, I, which is really what the editing process is, is you're reading it over and over again and you're, you're cleaning it up and you're tightening it up. And this is a process that they call it writing called killing your baby. Because something I learned in the process, which I thought was really interesting was when you're writing and just think about this in, from the perspective of being a reader, you know, I, I read, gosh, like crazy, right? Those of you that know this, know that I'm reading 10 pages, 10 books at a time. Um, you got to earn it. You got to earn it from the reader one page at a time. So think about yourself. How many times do you read a book? You're halfway through and you're like, ah, I'm over it. <laughs> I've given them two extra chapters. I said, if it was, if it didn't get better, the first couple of chapters were good. The last three weren't that good. I'm over it. I'm turning it off. You know, I'm done. I'm done reading this book. And, and you close the book. Why? Because as a reader, you only want to give your attention to things that interest you. You're very selfish. Readers are very, very selfish. And so I thought that was super interesting. I was like, oh, okay, you got to earn it one page at a time. Why does that matter? Well, when you're editing your book, you when you have that lens on, you start killing stuff. And I was killing, they were my favorite stories. I'm like, this is one of my favorite stories. But I realized I was being self-indulgent. The reason I wrote that story was because I liked that story, but it really didn't help make the point of the book. So I was killing some of my favorite stories and they call it in, write, in writing, they call it killing your baby. So you go through the process, you kill your baby. And then the last two edits, one is called the read out loud edit. Where, and you try this sometime when you write something, read it out loud. And it sounds different when you read it out loud. And, yet, and that'll give you, again, another perspective to then go clean it up, make it sound better when you read it out loud. And then you do your final edit. So, you know, I think all in, it took me a couple hundred hours to do that. Um, I will say this, it, the, 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 the final, when I locked the manuscript, it was a really quiet. Cool, so I started the editing process in, you know, I think it was June 25th, by September 25th, 90 days later, we were done with the final edit. And then it was super cool. It was layout and images and, and what type of texture do you want the cover to be? And what type of color do you want the pages to be? And what texture do you want the pages to be? And do you want to do offset print or print on demand? And there's all these cool things. I geeked out on the process and on the back cover, what do you want it to say? Cause people read the back cover and they read the inside cover. And how do you want the, the design of the cover to look? And, and I will tell you scribe, you know, again, this is not a scribe advertisement. It's my experience with them. They were absolute pros. They really crushed it. Javon Tucker, all those guys over there, they crushed it. They did a great job. Um, and, and I, and I had a great experience with them and it really, it, but it took a lot of work. September 25th was when, um, you know, the book was done. It took about four to six months post post writing. You would think that the writing part was the easy part or the hard part. No, man, the post was a shit ton of work and we did all that. And I'm not even talking about book launch. Book launch is a whole nother conversation for people that want to have a successful book, book launch. Like I did, that was a thousand hours of work, but but it was really eye-opening to go through the process. And one of the things I realized was it was a marathon. It was a little bit of work, 
all the time. Send it off to the editor, get it back, read through it. You know, I read my book so many times that, uh, and, and Tucker said this, this is actually a really funny note. He said, you'll know you're done with your book when you hate your book. <laughs> you know, you'll be done with your book when you hate your book. And at the end, I was like, man, I fucking hate my book. I'm over it. I just, I can't read this thing again. I can't give it to anybody else to get notes on it. I'm done. And I hated my book, but I loved it because it was done. And it was, you know, it's one of those things where it was, you know, one bite of the elf at a time, but it demystified the process. And, and, and I really just gave you from A to Z the entire process of what it was like to write a book. So, you know, for anyone out there that's interested in write, writing a book, I will tell you it was a really cool process. The other thing I learned in this, which I, I didn't realize was a lot of people write books because there's something around about being an author. An author, you know, stands for being an authority, you know, and I was an authority and I am an authority on how do you build a core value driven organization, high growth organizations using core values. So for me, it, what it did, it was really interesting. And, and I, and I believe it was, you know, one of my mentors was Vern Harnish said this, people act differently towards you when they know you've written a book on, on a subject. There's a, there's an entire, there's a, not an entitlement, but like you love, you level up, you know, like people, like for whatever reason, you take those ideas, you put it on paper, you bind it in a book, you put a cover on it. It, it's, it sets that idea apart than you just being someone that talks about it. And what I learned was a lot of people in business write books because it gives them a platform to then say that I am an expert on X, Y, and Z. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible complex specialty care that cares about your ROI. It's possible because we're already doing it all while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. So I will tell you this, if, if it, it, a lot of people use their books to do great in the world, a lot of people, maybe some people want, want to do like what Natasha Miller, one of our former guests did, and you want to do your memoir and there's, there's groups out there that'll help you do that. But telling your story, like the one thing that I thought was really cool is like, I, I'm going to be dead and gone, but my book's here forever. Anyone that wants to read my book, it's there. My family will get a check, you know, not much. It's, you don't make any money on books, uh, on the book themselves. You make money on, you know, what the books, uh, the opportunities, the books get you. Maybe if you can leverage it to get business or to teach your clients or teach your team. Uh, but it's a cool process. It's a great creative thing. And it's something that, you know, it'll withstand the test of time assuming your book's not too controversial that people don't burn it, <laughs> you know, but, but uh, you know, all joking aside, it is a legacy that you get to leave for future gener generations. My kids, kids, kids will be able to read my book. And that's something I'm super proud of. Um, so I would tell you, I mean, so if someone asked me on a podcast, they said, you're going to write any more books. And I said, I'll probably write 10 more books. Uh, I already have, you know, the next couple of books in my head. In fact, I have a kid's book coming out called What Are Core Values uh, that that we worked on that that's going to be launching sometime in the next year. Um, I haven't, the, the launch is a lot of work if you want to do it right. So I could launch it tomorrow without a launch, but I, I want to launch it and make sure it gets, gets what it deserves, gets the attention it deserves. So look, if you, anyone that's interested in learning more, like I'm actually always happy to have a conversation. You can email me Darius at The Real Darius. Uh, I can point you in the right direction on who I worked with to write my book, but it, it is, it is not impossible. It is an amazing pro, uh, uh, project to work on. You can take years and years to get it out there. And when it's done, it will be something that future generations in your family, in business, in the world, however, whoever, whatever audience you're serving, 
it will be there when you're long gone, which I think is really cool. So anyway, uh, listen, uh, I love sharing my learnings and insights, and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If if you do love our episodes, I, will, I, I ask kindly that you share, go post a review, hit the share, hit the like button, you know, show this to your friends. That's, you know, my goal here is to turn this into one of the top podcasts in the world. The only way that happens is by people sharing the episodes. So please share the episode and uh, hopefully you learned a few things today. I know I enjoyed uh, giving you my story and uh, till next time, peace out. We love you. You are listening to the greatness machine and that's a wrap for today. Listen, If you love what you heard, subscribe to the show on whatever podcast platform that you're tuning in on so that you don't miss any of our future episodes. We have tons of great people coming on and we're we're stoked to have you here to enjoy it with us. Leave us a review. Tell us what you love most about this particular episode. We love getting the reviews. We love to see what you guys love most. And if this particular episode, you know, made you think of someone who's leveling up in their business and in their life, print screen, share it with them. Leaders are the best givers. And after all, we're all here to support and grow with each other. And in case you want to see some of the fun behind the scenes shots or some of the things that we're doing, I'm actually writing about this in my weekly newsletter. Go to www.therealdarius.com and subscribe to my newsletter. We're talking about fun things like business and life and mindfulness and cryptocurrencies and gosh, I don't even know everything and anything, but it's tons of fun stuff I write about. I try to get it out on a weekly basis. You can subscribe at www.therealdarius.com. And with that said, look, thank you guys so much. Appreciate you. I love you. Peace. We're out of here. See you guys on the next one. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously, which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap, like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox, or wherever you listen to your podcasts.